on that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that uh, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere, I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing almost full time is working to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. No, of course not. Uh, the contribution of his life's work, uh, that's uh, immeasurable. Uh, one need not uh, bo- bother him with carbon offset issues, although he did say, if I offset, well, what does that look like? Uh, what is the, uh, the the extent of the carbon emission of your private flight to Iceland, and then how are you offsetting? No follow-up? It's always interesting to try to get these individuals into specifics because that's where it really comes apart for them. Uh, meanwhile, Jen Psaki, she is the White House press secretary. She was asked about, uh, hey, uh, killing the Keystone Pipeline was so much fun. What about those other pipelines in the United States? Are you going to kill those two, the associated jobs or energy independence and so forth? Oh, sure are open to it. We just have to check with Zara Kerry and the team. Right in the back. Uh, I just wanted to clarify some questions on energy sector. Sure. In light of the cancellation of the Keystone Pipeline, uh, just wondering what the fate are of other proposed projects, uh, including uh, if the president supports Governor Whitmer's calls to scrap uh, a pipeline that cuts through Michigan, powers up the Great Lakes, and into Ontario. Does he support her calls to cancel that? Uh, I I have not talked to our climate team about specifically uh, that pipeline. Of course, I think we've noted that a number under review, uh, but I will see if there's an update on that particular pipeline. Trump also approved permits that would uh, carry oil from the Canadian territories into Alaska. Is that under review or? Uh, You know, I think, again, uh, all of these pipelines are a part of uh, what our climate team is looking at and assessing. Uh, I haven't seen another update from them on an additional step, but I will see if there are any updates to report back to I wonder how Trudeau and the socialists in the Great White North are enjoying the socialists in D.C. these days. For more on this topic, we're pleased to be joined by Shepard Barbash, who's a former bureau chief in Mexico City for the Houston Chronicle, wrote an interesting piece recently for the City Journal, Science Betrayed, that uh, is germane to our conversation. Shepard, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, so um, with respect to uh, the debate being over and the science being settled and all of those other aphorisms that describe uh, that people who are not interested in discourse uh, use to uh, describe the state of uh, consensus on climate, uh, are you surprised at all from what you hear from John Kerry and, and this administration and also, frankly, what you're seeing in terms of preparing for this to be the next uh, global crisis that requires us to live differently than we did uh, pre-pandemic? No, uh, not really. I think it's, uh, you know, one piece, one manifestation of, uh, of the education problem that I, that I write about, which is that uh, teachers, you know, don't know much science or how to teach the science what little science they do know. Uh, and so what you see, uh, you know, at the leadership level uh, kind of reflects the consequence of of that uh, of those deficiencies in education, I think. And they're just, it seems like they're just uh, stuck in time. I mean, these are a lot of these same people still argue uh, they're they're still part of the ZPG crowd. I mean, they 
uh, haven't uh, been updated that uh, Paul Ehrlich's 1968 population bomb was a dud. Uh, it just uh, it's it's re- remarkable how it persists in spite of mounting evidence to undermine their views. Right, that's what what struck me in doing the research, which you know took me about eight months, uh, is how how enduring this uh, uh, mindset has has been. You know, it's now going on more than more than fifty years, and you know I try to situate my article. Uh, almost beyond politics, since we're such a divided nation. You know, I quote four major sources of people who did major, major studies on the education system as it pertains to teaching science. You know, and one was a conservative, one was a liberal, two were libertarians, and one describes herself as an independent. You know, and all four found the same problems. So uh, perhaps the only way to solve those problems is to get... (laughs) all four of those schools together uh, to work on the solution. Uh, when we come back, I, I want to discuss that a little bit more about, you know, when there's sort of ideological consensus about a particular approach or a particular fact, and you still can't get it into the conversation. Uh, right. Shepard, Shepard Barbash, former bureau chief in Mexico City for the Houston Chronicle, will be uh, right back with more. The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the show. We're speaking with Shepard Barbash, a former bureau chief in Mexico City for the Houston Chronicle, and uh, we're talking about his piece at, at City Journals, uh, in, in City Journal, Manhattan Institute outlet, as you know. Listen to this show enough, you know how often I cite work in the City Journal. Uh, science betrayed is the title of his piece, and we're talking about uh, some of this junk science that persists uh, in spite of evidence to the contrary, and um, why that evidence to the contrary doesn't get much of, uh, in terms of uh, airtime. And, and that's why I want to let, leave, uh, pick up, uh, Shepard. You were mentioning before the break. You talked to these uh, uh, researchers in how science is taught at the K through 12 level, sort of across the ideological spectrum, and they all identified the same infirmity with respect to that instruction. And yet uh, it doesn't change. And this is also in spite of like, sort of high-profile conversions, too, of sorts or apologies, really. Michael Schellenberger, who writes uh, on environmental issues for Forbes, writing this uh, apology attendant to his uh, latest book last year, somebody who had been an environmental activist for 30 years but was uh, apologizing for having fueled hysteria rather than reason when it comes to environmental policy. Um, and... Um, you know, just other other high profile sort of um, walkbacks. Uh, uh, Ron uh, uh, Ronald uh, Moore, uh, former uh, co-founder of Greenpeace, who uh, you know has essentially been ostracized from the environmental community because he doesn't subscribe to the orthodoxy; he follows the science. It's just remarkable that uh, you break from the pack here when it comes to climate alarmism and you don't get an airing it doesn't expand the debate it actually seems to constrict it you certainly see that in the education system as well uh and i think as i mentioned in the in the piece it has to do with you know the public school system that uh, these ideas the this ideology endures because 
you know, the public they harm, you know, doesn't have the strength to challenge them. And, and because the educators, as I say, unlike surgeons and cell phone makers, just don't face enough pressure to replace old ways with new ones that work better. Interestingly, you know, I talk about direct instruction, a specific way of, of teaching uh, that's very unpopular among educators. Uh, but if you go to Amazon, the version of that that was written for parents is one of its best sellers. So, you know, I struggled to come up with a solution for the problem you point out, you know, the, 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 the durability, the inflexibility, because uh, City Journal likes you to come up with solutions. Uh, right. But in this case, you know, 4,000 words, I couldn't. There's no solution in that piece. But I think perhaps a prerequisite is giving more power to individual parents who have proven they know how to make the right decision when they have the liberty to do so. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know that there's a sort of a solution coming from the, uh, the, the, the power structure as it's currently constituted. I mean, and I, by the way, I think I said Ron Moore, Patrick Moore, the co-founder of Greenpeace, but, mm-hmm. but good going back to the Moores, Michael right. Moore, even Michael Moore, uh, Michael Moore produced this, uh, documentary called planet of the humans about a year ago where he took and he, he wasn't the interviewer this time, but he was the executive producer on it. That took a pretty dim view of some of the well-intended but uh, sort of destructive or minimum counterproductive policies pursued by environmentalists in terms of believing that uh, certain biomass uh, options for fueling our economy were really uh, a – suitable replacement for fossil fuels or really didn't actually result in the – uh, um, the, the exhaustion of more fossil fuels than fossil fuels themselves and producing the biomass. So to, the bottom line is just critical of some of the alternative energies that have right. been proposed. And, and, and even Michael Moore, uh, you know, you know, man of the left and, and of all of these movements, he, he, that, that documentary was sort of spiked. I mean, you just don't hear anybody talk about it, willing to confront some of the issues that were raised in that. It's, it's mystifying. It's hard to know how much is due to just profound scientific illiteracy, of which, you know, there's plenty, uh, as my piece points out, and how much is due to self-interest for financial reasons, you know, financial incentives. I mean, it's probably both, uh, which maybe is one reason why it's so hard to blast through. But look, when you have teachers incapable of even teaching, and professors uh, incapable of teaching students what causes the seasons, that's a population just ripe for uh, whatever any leader, uh, quote unquote, wants to sell. Uh, and you're yeah. right. No matter how many people sort of leave that tent, the tent seems to endure. Well, and I think and so. That's an interesting point as well. So there's this inertia, this institutional inertia in, in, in many K through 12 systems that are sclerotic bureaucracies like so much of government. And uh, I, I think, and I, I always look at it this way, um, just an, an example that's nothing to do with, uh, with, with climate. It has to do with instruction and what we know about how kids learn science. Forget even the science itself, just how kids learn science, what order science courses should be taught. And we've known for three decades through mountains of research, like the researchers you cited in your piece, that kids best learn science in this order, a physical science class first, then chemistry, and then biology. Yet in places like Chicago, uh, in for most high school freshmen, the first science course they take is biology. Why? Because that's the way we've always done it, and that's the end of the conversation. 
Well, and also it's why is because the states have too much power to dictate what districts will teach when and how. You know, uh, I went to Cuba several years ago on a jaunt uh, looking at architecture, and they were just starting to open up restaurants, uh, private restaurants. And the chef took us aside and said, well, you know, this is my menu. However, I have to submit it to the government. And, you know, they told me to take off the beef item because you don't have enough cows. And they told us to add more fish items because it's healthier. <laughs> and we all laughed, you know, feeling superior, like we don't have that problem. But when you come to the States, that's exactly what each state is doing. It's telling each school teacher, this is what's going to be on your menu. And this is what's not going to be on your menu. And this is when it's going to be on. And this is how you're going to deliver it. Um, and it's a, you know, uh, Again, I can identify the problem, but uh, I don't have a solution for it other than uh, giving parents more options and more choice. No, I think that is the solution. You know, it's it's not it's not an easy one, but I think it's the the only one. You have to change the you know who's in control. Basically, it's just it's just that simple. I love the Cuba analogy. Shepard Barbash, former bureau chief. In Mexico City for the Houston Chronicle, I will uh, tweet out his piece, Science Betrayed, so check that out. Shepard, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Again, thanks for the opportunity. You can never surrender, and if your path won't lead you home, you can never surrender. Listen to podcasts of the show at danproffshow.com. 